0: Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the
1: show. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. My name is Johnny T, and I'm your guest host. My guest today is Yvette Walker. She's the creator and host of the Positively Joy podcast and the Positively Joy Christian website. She's also an author. She's written a book, she writes Christian song lyrics. She's also the assistant dean at Gaylord College at the University of Oklahoma.
2: Thank you, Johnny, thanks for having me on.
1: It's a pleasure to have you here. I know that a lot of your focus has to do with joy. Tell me about your faith journey. How did God bring you to that point where you really started to understand that?
2: I like to joke, because I've been in the media world, I've been a journalist, I know grammar, I'm a pretty good writer. So I always joke that the Lord had to give me the name of the podcast, Positively Joy, because it's not grammatically correct. (laughs) And and I would never have chosen that, right? So I know it was in May of 2020. I wanted to do a podcast and I said, okay, we're going to do this on what I call the intersection of beauty, hair, and politics. (laughs) And then I very clearly heard the Lord tell me, no, it's going to be on joy. <laughs> and I had no idea what that meant. I didn't, I mean, I know what the word joy means. I didn't know where he wanted me to go with it. It's interesting because very, very early, in fact, when maybe the first or second episode, you hear me say, welcome to finding joy. Cause I thought I was going to make that name. I quickly realized that there were a lot of other podcasts with some kind of phraseology there of finding joy. And I said, no, I need to change this. And I very clearly heard Positively Joy. So I did not know what he meant for me and where he wanted me to go, but I knew we wanted to talk about the nature of joy, what joy is. Over time, he clearly gave me the message that more people needed to hear that joy is not the same thing as a feeling. It doesn't mean that we're happy all the time because he didn't promise that but he promised that he would be with us always. And there is a scripture. It's our signature scripture, the true joy of the father. Do the father's will abide in his love and his joy will fill you and make you complete. It's John chapter 15. It's the only joy that will fill you and make you complete. And that just made a lot of sense to me because over the years, just like everybody, there were times when I had lows in my life, and and even in the times when it was going pretty well, there was just something missing, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Now, I've been a believer my entire life, baptized as a baby. I grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school, church every Sunday. As a child, when I was a little girl, I felt I had a pretty good relationship with the Lord. I felt like I could talk to him, and I felt like I could hear his message for me. And then I grew up, got into the world, as we do as adults, and then I could no longer hear him. And that made me really sad. I just kept kind of searching for that. And I think that that's why I wasn't complete, why I wasn't being filled. Did I read the Bible like I should have? No, I didn't spend enough time in the Bible. Although I still truly believed that he was my Lord and I still went to church, but I needed more. Over this journey, which included a failed marriage and some sadness during that time, I have learned some days is wonderful. Most of the time it's great. We can't always count on that though. But mm-hmm. I just have so much joy in me because I know he is there and I am, I am complete. I am complete. That's the only way I can put it.
1: I think that's such an important thing. Because in this day and age, obviously, it it seems a lot worse these days than it used to a decade ago, 20 years ago. You know, we have young people growing up in these really dark times. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of young people that are very instantaneous. They said that about our generation. You want things right now. You need a microwave. You don't want an oven. (laughs) Yet they want that immediate satisfaction, but that's so temporal. and never lasts. So they're going from thing to thing, to thing, to thing. You're talking about a joy that surpasses that to our very core.
2: Oh, absolutely. You're not going to get it from any kind of external addiction. You're not going to get it from food. It is the spirit. It is a feeling of being overcome by the spirit. There's really nothing else in life that is going to make me as satisfied. I was content but there was, just had to be something more. I want to tell people out there who go to church and who are believers, even then there still can be more because I think over time I was getting a little numb in my faith and I had to shake it up a little bit and shake the dust out of the temple. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went seeking. I went to a Christian retreat by Christian singer songwriter, Rita Springer, who is an amazing woman. I loved everything she had to say. So I started reading up on her. I saw that she had this retreat. So I applied for the retreat and she accepted me. And then the next few months I kept writing to her, trying to talk her out of taking me (laughs) because surely it's not for me. Right. I mean, it's not for me. And she's like, you've had, the Lord told me you need to be here. You need to come. It was the beginning of realizing that something was missing. I didn't know something was missing. So once that opened up in me, then seeking, then spending a week at this retreat where marvelous things happened and then coming back saying, okay, Lord, I know you have a message for me. You want me to do something. And also he's given me gifts of communication and I've never used them really in his honor. Hmm. I need to write a book. I need to start the podcast. I need to do these things that I was going to do, but it's not going to be on hair and beauty. It's going to be on joy.
1: (laughs) That's right you talk about you still have that sense of emptiness that sense of that sense of frustration and there's got to be more what was that tipping point like for you there's lots of believers that live their life that way almost like a status quo and they're content with that but yet they, there's that gnawing inside them for more but what was that tipping point for you that said okay i'm not going to live this way anymore i need more what was it that gave you that strength to go from the status quo to really seeking God for that joy?
2: Well, it came in stages. The first stage was a real tipping point. As I said, I had a failed marriage to a man who suffered with bipolar disorder. We got divorced and I had a fear of being alone for the rest of my life. There was one night when I just, I couldn't get to sleep. I was very upset. I was listening to K-Love and Matthew West's song, "More." came on where he sings from the Lord's point of view that I love you more than the sun and the stars and all these things I've made. I love you more. In that instance, I love the fact that God gave us the gift of music. Cause I think this actually happens a lot for people. It was in that instance, I realized that I wasn't afraid of being alone. I was afraid of never being loved again. Mm. And that's certainly ridiculous because my father loves me. So immediately I seemed to calm myself and went to sleep. I woke up in the morning. Everything was great. And I also decided that was the beginning of a little walk. I wanted to spend time with God. So I said, okay, Lord, you tell me when it's ready for me to get back out into the dating market. Mm -hmm. But I spent about a year and a half just hanging out with God and just trying to get closer to him and beginning to read the Bible more. Because I really did not do that consistently. After that... I met a godly man who later became my husband. He has been, I think, integral in a lot of my growth, helping me to become more comfortable in my prayer life and even praying out loud, which I was not comfortable with before, leading prayer sometimes with people, getting more involved in the church that we started going to, becoming a lay pastor at that church. A lot of things really just started to happen. The first stage was trusting knowing that God was there for me, that of course I was loved. He was going to love me. And then waiting and not looking for another relationship. And then God said, okay, it's time. So then he led me to my husband, then seeking more, then even seeking more. In 2019 was when I went to the retreat and then a lot of stuff started happening very quickly. Part of the retreat is for worship leaders. I don't sing and I don't, play an instrument, but I write. So I started writing these songs. He just started giving them to me just one after the other. And right now I am working with some people to actually put some to music. There's a couple that I've had put to music. It's so good to see that come to completion. So there's that. And then I started writing what is the book today. I started writing these anecdotes or life lessons that turned into the devotional that just came out. So really stuff started happening pretty quickly after I came back from the retreat. I I felt like he said, okay, we're going to open these doors now. You've got work to do. And then the pandemic happened and I was at home and I said, I've got a computer. I've got this software. Surely I can figure out how to start this podcast. (laughs) And that was in May of 2020. We're almost to 150 episodes now. Wow. Mine is twice weekly. It's a combination of an interview show and also some teaching. I think the latest stage is that I'm much more comfortable in my teaching now, because I think a lot of us suffer with imposter syndrome, Hmm. just like I tried to talk Rita Springer out of taking me to her retreat. Am I gifted? Yes. I'm his daughter. Of course I'm gifted. He gives us all gifts. I felt like what I had to say wasn't as important than these great interview guests I could get. But recently I've noticed that the numbers of my teachings, they tend to skew a little higher Then the interviews and I said, wow, okay, I guess he's given me something to say. And I guess people want to hear it. And so again, it's stages in trusting, knowing that we are loved. And we are now in season three of the podcast. I think he really began to pour into me that he wanted me to help people understand what the true nature of joy is. He gave me that scripture, John 15, verse nine through 11 as the roadmap. That is the joy. The Bible mentions joy everywhere. Mm -hmm. Obey the father, abide in his love, let his joy fill you. And that's it. I mean, really, that's it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you talk about finding God in everyday situations. I'm Mm -hmm. a big believer in that. Can you explain that to our audience?
2: Absolutely. So I have a chapter in the book. I call it when God reroutes your day. So I had a day, it was going to be a very busy Saturday. I was going to a prayer breakfast, and then my church does lots of wonderful events, and they were shooting a promotional video, and they had asked me to be a part of it, and I had to have a couple of clothing changes and the whole thing, right? So I laid everything out the night before because I knew I had to go back to back. Everything was organized. You and I joked a little bit before we started recording about organization, and I may not be you know, the greatest in that, but I had it, everything set because I knew it was going to be busy. So anyway, I'm on the road. I'm probably about 20 minutes from the house. When I realize that I've left a bag, I simply cannot figure out how that happened. It, it was right there and I had planned for this. I get a little angry with myself and I turn around and I'm thinking, okay, so I'm gonna go back and get this stuff I don't think I can do two things now. Am I gonna miss the prayer breakfast? I happen to look over at the passenger seat and I see a letter. A letter that I had written that I had meant to mail and hadn't gotten around to it that week. It was a letter written to journalists in Australia who were fighting the terrible wildfires at that time. Many of us, many journalists had written a letter to them, encouraging them, and I had included some scripture. I was like, you know what, I I should have mailed that by now. Because who knows how long it's going to take to get there. Hmm. So. I just kind of smiled. I'm like, okay, God. Yeah, I know. I need to mail the letter. And I had just enough time to go to the post office to mail the letter and then make the second thing. I fully believe because there was no way I could have mislaid this bag. It literally was right there. And I knew I needed to have it. I think he just wanted me to go to the post office. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. I turned around, I got the bag, I went to the post office, I mailed the letter. There's no way for me to ever know perhaps what that letter meant to a journalist who was battling working in that environment. I don't know. There's no way for me to know. But I hope that the simple act of me being faithful and listening to God's directions that day and mailing it meant something somewhere across the world
1: but I bet dollars to donuts that you felt God's joy when you put that letter in the mailbox.
2: Absolutely. Because you know how we have busy weeks at work. The week got away from me. I'd written it a full week before and the week got away. So yes, it was the joy of the Lord. It was joy of completion. It was all of that. But it was also the joy of listening to him. I could have turned around, gotten the bag, and still had time to make the prayer breakfast. I couldn't do both. I either had to go to the post office or make the prayer breakfast, but he wanted me to go to the post office. And so that's what I did. Obeying his will, even in the small things, gives me joy.
1: I think that's very true. I've had some similar experiences where I just knew I had to do something and just had that that sense of joy afterwards that it was just what God wanted me to do. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your book.
2: It is a devotional, a book of devotions. It's called Whispering in His Ear. The title comes from the idea of when I was a little girl, sitting in my church, sitting on the pew, quiet, not a lot of people there. And I felt like we would have these conversations. I know there are people who audibly hear the voice of God. And and I'm not saying that was me, but we definitely would have these conversations. And I was in church, whispering in his ear. I had lost that and I needed to find it. So that's where that came from. There's 15 chapters and the intent is for everyone to spend two days on a chapter. I call them conversations. So instead of chapter one, conversation number one, you read the chapter conversation. There's a prayer that I've included for you to pray. There's an exercise I suggest that you do. There's place for journaling. My idea is for you to read this, let it sit with you for a day or so, and then take the second day, do the exercise and pray. So that's about a month of devotions. It's life lessons that he's given me. It's from how he's going to reroute your day sometimes to understand and not let the enemy steal your joy from you, rob you of your joy. Not letting something be an idol to you. I mean, lots of different life lessons that he has given me over the years, and that I started jotting down back in 2019. So it took a couple of years for me to put it all together and say, oh, I'm going to share this with other people. And then after that, I said, oh, you know what? You should have created a study guide. That would have been smart. So I just created a study guide, which has discussion questions, more context around each chapter. That would be great for small groups to use in companion to the devotional. And that will be on Amazon probably next week. So that'll be available. You can find Whispering in His Ear now on Amazon.
1: Obviously, your background in journalism will have helped you with authoring that and all the things that you do. I know I have my own opinions about the messages that the current world media is putting out there. Mm-hmm. How do you see those influences in the world preventing people from hearing from God?
2: Well, I'll explain this with a personal story and with kind of a general story. So first of all, generally, I have worked in newsrooms for 30 years. Mainstream media, not a media that had either conservative or a leftist agenda, just kind of mainstream newspapers and websites. And the people there are just trying to do their jobs. There's no conspiracy. They're just trying to be truthful, get as many facts as possible, get as many sides as possible and do their job. And that's really true. But personally, what I have learned, I see now is when I was in the newsroom in a fairly senior position, I can look back now and really see that I hid my passion for God. Because I felt like I needed to be objective. And as journalists, we desired objectivity so we can be fair. And there's an expression people poke fun at now fair and balanced. But at its base, yeah, that's what journalists really do try to be. They try to be fair and balanced. And I felt like if I was working and I had influence over what was going to go on the front page, I had influence of what the front page looked like, I couldn't do what I'm doing now. I didn't see this in my future at all, but I certainly felt like I could not wear it on my sleeve. And I felt that way because I thought I owed it to my audience to be objective and fair and balanced. That is why I think some people in whatever their jobs are, perhaps hide their passion for God because they think they're supposed to. They think that it's not right to do otherwise.
1: So would you agree that God is starting to give us all a greater burden to share our faith?
2: I think so. And let me tell you this, I'm actually planning on starting a second podcast. I know I'm crazy. It is going to be about journalists who have gone into the ministry because there's a lot of them. Hmm. I think that's very interesting and I want to know why that is. So yes, to answer your question, I do think that God is giving many people a burden and many journalists a burden to let people know that he's there and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Now we, you know, we can do that in our personal life. And certainly I, as I told you, I was going to church, I was doing what I was doing, but I, um, I made sure that I didn't talk about it at work. I got to Oklahoma and it became a little easier. I'll be honest with you. It is called the buckle of the Bible belt. The first week I got here, I found a church. I'm sitting in the pew waiting for the service to start. And I'm looking at the bulletin and I see that the person given the service that day has the same name as the news director at my newspaper. Oh, that must be a pretty common name here. When I see him walk up in the processional, you could have knocked me over. <laughs> I was shocked. I mean, there's just no way someone would be a deacon and still be a day-to-day working journalist. I'd never heard of such a thing. So I will be honest, he brought me to Oklahoma and maybe for a reason, it's a little easier to be able to do this here, but I certainly would encourage people everywhere, even where it's not comfortable. I think he is giving us a burden to share the good news with people.
1: I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that as a journalist, as a writer, as an author. What would you say to those people that are listening to this interview right now that don't know God? What's the one thing you would tell them about God that could give them hope to experience him in their life?
2: Listen, I am not a Bible scholar. All I can tell you is the story you've just heard. I'm a professional woman. I was a journalist. There was something missing. I had a little easier. I did know God. But if you were out there and you were just working or whatever, even your mom, your dad, which is so important. I know that you are filled to a certain degree by your family, but if you know that there could be more, that's that burden that he's given you. He will fill you with that joy and with love, and he will take away any doubt that you may have. I was in doubt as much as I knew him. I didn't trust him fully. I say that I had a failed marriage and I know part of that was because I didn't walk in that marriage with him, even though again, going to church, right? So for people out there who either know him or don't, all I can say is listen to my story. There's so much more. There's just so much more. I'm smiling now. (laughs) (laughs) First, I would encourage you to get a Bible. I know that's very difficult for a lot of people. I would encourage you to listen to the Bible on a Bible app or on a Bible podcast. That's a lot of easier way for people to kind of make their way into it. If there are people out there who are artistic. One way I got into the Bible even more fully is through Bible journaling, which is a form of artwork that you do in your Bible. There's so many ways to begin that path and your path and your walk is going to look different perhaps than mine. But I would say that's one way he's talking to us through his word. A lot of people say that they like to start in John or they like to start in Romans I think you could start anywhere but it's where a lot of people do like to start certainly the gospels is a great place to start because we need Jesus who is the embodiment of love and joy really I would say that's a great place to start
1: Thanks very much for those wise words and encouragement for this listening, It's been a pleasure to have you on the show and God bless you and all you do and look forward to more with your new podcast. Maybe after a little while, you've had that on the air. We can get you back and we can talk about some of those experiences.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
1: Okay. God bless.
0: So The King. He is higher, higher than opinion. Jesus, Jesus is His name. I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.